The happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. That is a quote by Marcus Aurelius. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. This is episode 99. The topic of this week's episode is Speak Your Truth with Grace. My guest this week is Michaela Johnson. Michaela Renee Johnson is a best-selling author, licensed psychotherapist, and host of the top iTunes podcast, Be You Find Happy, which encourages people to speak their truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. As a preteen, Michaela began a minimalistic life in a 27-foot trailer where living in the woods without running water and electricity became a new normal. In her latest multi-award winning book, Teetering on Disaster, a poignant, humorous coming-of-age story, she shares how to speak your truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. Hi, Michaela. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad to have you here with me. You are a busy lady. You are a licensed psychotherapist and life coach. You're a podcast host and you're author. You sound like me because you, you're doing a lot of things. <laughs> always, always, always. And, and actually, really exciting news. Um, my journal just actually hit the bestsellers list. So oh, super wow. Exciting. Yeah. So now I get to say bestselling author. It sounds so big. <laughs> Ooh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know what? Since you are so amazing, why don't you just start off telling the listeners who Michaela is and how did you come to be this force that you are today with, you know, being a bestselling author and uh, podcast host of a, a, a big popular podcast show. Just go ahead and tell us about yourself. It was, it was a total and complete accident. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, I, you know, I, I grew up in a rural town in, in the Sierra Nevada mountain range, living in a 27 foot fifth wheel with no running water, no electricity and a lot of big dreams. Um, and you know, my parents kind of raised me with the belief system that the only time you fail is if you never try. And so every opportunity that came my way, I, I sunk my, I sunk my nails in and gave it a shot and some things didn't pan out and some things took a lot longer to pan out and some things I fell flat on my face and all of those things kind of were the building blocks to the foundation of where I am today. I mean, every single experience that I've had, it's not any one thing. It's been every one thing that's really led me to, to where I am now. And, and even today, you know, when people, people say, Oh, you're a happiness expert or this or that, you know, my kind of, my kind of go-to mindset is I'm an ever learner. 
And um, I'm continually seeking knowledge. I'm continually seeking alternative information. So I don't, I don't think that um, the growing ever stops in this lifetime for me. Wow. I like that because I feel the same way. I feel that if you stop learning, you're going to stop growing. You're going to just become stagnant. And I'm one of those people as well that I'm constantly learning. Yeah, they say, you know, a body that rests, rusts. And I would say that's about true there. Same goes for the mind. Oh, my goodness. So true. So let's get into what you said a little while ago at the beginning of your your conversation starter. You're a happiness expert. What exactly does that mean? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was a title that was kind of given to me over the course of having a top podcast and putting out a book by the same name and things like that. And Really, what I think it comes down to is just sharing the idea with people that the truth about happiness is that it's a constant reset. There is no time in your life where you're ever going to go, oh, that's it. I got it. I got the happy. Okay, I'm going to put that in my bag and check that off my list. And and now I've got that for good because, you know, it's constantly being threatened by something some event or someone. And it's really about how you bounce back in the face of adversity, um, how resilient you can be and how you look at these experiences. Truly, we would not have happiness without the polar opposite of happiness because we would always just exist in kind of the homeostasis. We would never have that experience of the opposites. And that's what creates the happy is by knowing the pain. Wow. That makes so much sense. I mean, it's, and a lot of people don't think of it that way. And you're right. If we were happy all the time, that wouldn't be life, right? You So you need the times that are not happy and the times that are happy to actually appreciate life and appreciate what you have and reset or do whatever it is that um, you do. So that's, that's a great thing to to say. Now, how did you get to this point? And it seems like with your upbringing that your family, your parents were very wise with telling, even though you've come from humble beginnings, they always told you that there was no limit on what you could do. Is that where you got this mindset to just look at things differently and always say, okay, if things don't go the way I plan, just reset and keep going? I think so. I mean, we really didn't have a choice. You know, I think for me, it, it, you know, I grew up generationally different than a lot of people my age and definitely a lot different than people that are younger than me in that, um, you know, I was a product of my circumstance. There was no blaming. There was no, um, you know, victim kind of mentality that was ever accepted. That's not to say that my parents didn't you know, allow us to feel our emotions or allow us to be upset or angry or something like that. But it was kind of always like, you're in control of two things, the way you're looking at this and what you're doing about it. And, um, and and so I think just kind of growing up that way always taught me that if there was something that wasn't jiving for me or wasn't working for me, I was in control of that. It wasn't anybody else's fault. Um, It wasn't anybody else's job to change it. Mm, That is so great because there are so many people who live by the woe is me mentality. Oh my goodness. I didn't grow up here. Oh my God. My parents weren't this, you know, these type of parents. Oh, 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 oh. 
But you never did that. You just said, okay, I'm going to excel in spite of. You know, what's funny is like I say, let your woes be your woos <laughs> because <laughs> I'm so tired of the woe mentality. I'm so tired of it, but I definitely have my days where I feel really bad for myself and really upset, <laughs> but, but I also know that that has to be temporary. Um, and so, you know, I let myself feel those things every once in a while when something kind of ticks me off or gets me down or something, but then I, then I move on quickly from those emotions. And, and tell us how you do that because we all have those type of days. Cause I have them as well, where you are like, Oh my goodness, I, I was such a bonehead today or today is not going the way I wanted it to go. But when you start feeling like that, what do you do? Cause you said you let yourself feel that way, which I think is great because we do, you can't be superwoman all the time. So how do you bring yourself back to, okay, let me get myself back going. So you ever been around people that talk to themselves a lot that like you hear them, like I'm one of those people that talks to myself all the time. Like whether people are around me or not, like <laughs> I do too. As, I'm, as I'm doing the vacuuming and I'm in the garden, if there's not a song on, I'm usually talking to myself. And so for me, um, you know, how I communicate with myself is the biggest thing. I'm like, okay, Michaela, go ahead, be, be upset. Let's do this. And then I'm like, all right, what's this doing for you now? Who's this hurting? Oh, it's hurting you. Okay. What are you going to do about it? Oh, I don't know. Well, you know, you didn't really respond to your son that well. You kind of feel like a punk. He's upset. You're upset. What are you going to do? Well, maybe you should circle back and go talk to him about it. Yeah, I probably should. Now I sound like some schizophrenic or something, but, <laughs> but the truth is that's how I do it. I like have a dialogue with myself, just like a friend would have a conversation with me. I love that. I love that because I'm a person as well who talks to herself. And I think that's healthy. I think you have to get these things out of your head. Now, I, I wouldn't be out in public walking down the street, you know, doing that dialogue. But <laughs> Although these days with the Bluetooth, no one knows anyway. So you know, that's true. They might as well think you're talking to a friend. That's true. I could put in my earpiece and just talk. Exactly. Nobody yeah. would know the difference. Yeah, they don't know. Oh, my goodness. So the title of your book is teetering on disaster. And that sounds juicy. Tell me about it. Yeah. So that is the first book that I wrote and published. That is my memoir. Um, nine books down since that book. That's, that's the first one. Yeah. Um, but it is a memoir and it is about, um, kind of growing up in the situation that I grew up in and, and really, um, like finding the silver linings. Uh, it's a lot of childhood stories about what it was like to grow up in a trailer with no running water and no electricity and a lot of the kind of fun that my family created. Um, and then uh, I go on to create this full adult life with a multi-million dollar home in San Diego. True story, you know, the whole thing. And then I found myself in rock bottom again. Um, and it's about digging into those childhood roots and kind of what we had already talked about a little earlier on the podcast to create the life that that was more authentic to me. Wow. So let me circle back. So were you an only child or did you have siblings? I have two younger siblings, um, both who are way bigger than me. My One of my brothers is six foot five. Wow. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I definitely had my brothers along for the ride, which um, we're still very close now. I, I see them both weekly. Um, my, my son sees his cousins every week as well. So it's, it's really, we're still very tight knit. 
that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And your book, you said it's your memoir and, and you said something about, okay, you went from where you grew up to living in a million dollar home and then you lost it all. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So in the story, I was in a relationship that was incredibly abusive Mm -hmm. and, um, ultimately resulted in some pretty uh, public domestic violence that led to a uh, imminent divorce and, um, you know, the selling off of everything and kind of starting over from scratch. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all too familiar to a lot of people. Wow. So, so you have nine other books. So you have 10 books in your series. So I have a self-help book. I have a fiction, a women's humorous fiction novel, like a satire. I have five children's books. And then most recently, the bestseller is Empowered, a motivational journal for women. So you like to write. Like writing has been always um, both my uh, way to communicate feelings and things like that with the world and share stories with the world, but also as a very therapeutic tool for myself as well. That's interesting. And I asked that because me growing up, I, I was, didn't, you know, didn't have much. I didn't live in a trailer, but we weren't wealthy, not even middle class. And I come from an abusive mother, but my outlet was reading. So I read a lot. Um, so it's funny how when you're in certain situations, you gravitate to some things to um, get yourself out there and and free your mind, so to speak. Absolutely. And I think that whatever people find as their preferred resource for kind of um, outlet to express um, or think or consider or, you know, dive into another world is just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, children's books. So tell me, so it seems like you, you cover a wide breadth of different topics. Tell me how you got to doing that, because usually people usually stay in a certain genre when they write or whatever, but it seems like, you know, you did your memoir, you've done uh, self-help, you've done children's book. Just, is that just because that was your passion and what you wanted to do at the time? Or is there any method so, um, so the memoir was, was really written, um, as a therapeutic tool while I was going through what I was going through. And I actually posted it up as a blog before blog was a word and it started gaining incredible traction and followership. And somebody said, Hey, you should turn this into a book. Mm. <laughs> and so that's how that happened. Now, now that being said, I had been writing my whole life. I had a degree in journalism at that time. And, um, was also, uh, w- I had worked for news organizations, um, newspapers, different things like that. So I had some, you know, writing experience, editing experience, marketing experience, different things like that. Um, Me and Mo, which is my fiction book, was actually written as kind of my fun um, mom thing when my son was an infant. Um, when I would put him down for a nap, I I had these stories when I was living in San Diego about this friend of ours. She was going on all these match.com dates and they were hilarious, just hilarious stories. And I just thought that should be a book. Um, And it kind of incorporated my experience working for CBS radio and different things like that. And it was just a really fun thing to do as a mom when I was a stay at home mom. Um, Like an adult thing to do with my brain. (laughs) My Mm -hmm. child was napping. Um, 
And the children's books all stemmed as he was growing up from our nighttime stories. All of them started as a nighttime story where different things would happen in his life. And we would, I would tell him, um, I, I would create these stories to encourage him to be brave or encourage him to be truthful or encourage, you know, things like that um, in the form of these, these stories at night. And I thought, you know, these would make really great books for kiddos um, as, you know, learning, but learning in a fun way. And, and like you said, you would turn to books as, as a kid when you were going through things. And I think that that can be a really good way to communicate powerful messages. So that's how those came to be. Um, and then the Be You Find Happy book blossomed from the podcast. Um, and also I had clients and every single client would come into my office and I felt like I was a record just repeating the same tools and tips over and over and over. And I thought maybe I should just make like a happiness starter kit that's, you know, kind of outlines the stuff I'm talking about, like the basics. And it's just a really quick, easy, simple read. And actually I give it away for free on my website for anybody who joins my um, e-journal. And my e-journal is something I put out every month that's got fun prompts and, and things like that for journaling and different stuff. So, um, and it always includes a fun real life story that has happened to me. Cause that's kind of my style, right. Is I share this experience and then say, okay, so here's a prompt that we can use to kind of work through this. Um, so I give away that book as a resource. Um, and then empowered was one that, uh, the publisher had come to me about and said, Hey, we think you'd be a great candidate to write this empowering um, empowering journal for women to inspire them to really live their best life. And that's how that one came to be. All that said, I recently just penned, um, an 80,000 word psychological thriller for women. So this is totally outside of everything I've ever done, but it's super exciting. And I'm actually seeking a publisher for that now. So that's fun. Wow. I, I mean, just, you're just doing so many things and it's so refreshing, honestly, to, um, hear another woman doing that. Cause I feel like sometimes I do that. Um, and it's funny because I'm in a technology space and that's kind of my superpower, but my podcast is like this, where I talk to people and inspiring, motivating, finding what they're doing. Someone said, Oh, well, you should change your podcast to be tech. And I was like, no, I like my oh. podcast. I'm like, everything oh, doesn't have to, yeah, everything doesn't have to revolve around that because that's my business. So it's just, yeah, I, I love the fact that you're doing the things that you like to do. You're not contained in this one jar of, okay, this is what I do for a living and everything that revolves around it has to be related to it. You know, and the same is true for my son. I've, I've, I've always taught him like, hey, I'm never going to ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I think there's a whole lot of things that you're going to be when you grow up. And you can have all of those experiences. And I feel like if I phrase it like, hey, what do you want to be? Then he gets to only be one thing when really we can be everything. I love photography. I do that too. You know, I've, I've been in an all-girl rock band that opened for Smash Mouth. I play the bass. You know, there's just a lot of things that life has to offer and a lot of experiences that you can have. And I don't, I don't believe in labels. I just don't think someone said to me, I did an interview and mind you, it was a great interview and, and everything, but they said, um, about being a multi-genre author and like I was some unicorn or something. <laughs> you know? And I thought, I never really thought about it like being a multi-genre. I just thought about writing things that felt like they were coming from the heart at that time. Yeah. I mean, and that's the best way to be. And that's where I'm leading to now. You were saying how 
you share how to speak to your truth and grace and authenticity. Tell yeah, so my cat, my catchphrase is kind of like I encourage people to speak their truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. And I think that so many of us find ourselves in these situations because we haven't really learned how to do that. We 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 say yes to people and and overextend ourselves. Um, you know, we nod our heads in agreement when it doesn't sit right in our belly because we're afraid. Um, and, and then we find ourselves kind of in these situations where we're doing these jobs or we've got multiple kids and spouses and ho- houses and all these things where we're like, you know, I don't know that I would have signed up for this for me if I'd said how I really felt. Mm. Like, I think I'm here because I, I was kind of doing what everyone else suggested I should do. And I didn't know how to speak my truth. I didn't know how to say how I felt about things. I didn't know how to live a courageous, authentic life. And I say courageous because it takes a lot of courage to be authentic. You know, people toss that term around these days, same with transparency. Like it's something you go buy off the store in the <laughs> grocery store. You know, it's just not, it's, it's something that takes a lot of work and, and challenge and um, sacrifice. And it takes even questioning all the time um, what your inner truth is, you know? So, so for me, I've, I've even found this a lot lately on my social media. I've started kind of having conversations with, um, with people where I'm questioning things and people are really pushing back on me. Like, uh, I don't think I like that you're asking that question. It triggers me. Well, it's not really up to me to make sure I'm not triggering you. Um, it's up to me to continue to ask questions to better understand things in my world and make good, make good choices for myself. You know, like, um, one thing that I'm, that I'm facing just right now as a, as a parent with in California with the school districts being closed is, you know, do I, do I send my kid to the distance learning program through the school district or do I withdraw him and do a homeschooling program, you know, and, and by asking certain questions about different options, people get triggered and they're like, Oh, are you actually gonna, are you really thinking about, you know, and then, and and then as a courageous person who put yourself out there to speak your truth, you're kind of like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe, maybe I should have just went along with what everyone's telling me to do and not questioned anything. Right. So it takes a lot of courage to, to, to show up in that way in your life. And I know because I've been there, um, I've been in relationships, I've been in jobs, I've been in situations where I was just nodding my head and going along because it felt a lot easier. It's a lot harder to, to show up in that way. And, um, and that's really why Empowered was written. You know, um, it, it was to encourage women to kind of deal with some of their stuff in a, in a really fun, lighthearted way so that they can show up in a way that is more uh, altruistic to what they really want in their life. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Showing up as your true self, is hard. And it's funny because I have a book out and that's something that I talk about in that book. And people don't want to show up as themselves because just as you said, they're afraid of other people judging them and people do. And whether they speak their truth or not, they're like, well, I I don't want to be shunned or I don't want to be looked at differently. And Mm -hmm. just like you, I've done the same thing too. And it's funny. And I tell the story in the book, but Several years ago, I dated this guy and, you know, I was starting to really get my stuff out and everything. And I just shared with this guy. So, you know, 
in the past, I've been through X, Y, Z. And I call myself being authentic and telling my truth. And this guy used this to like make me feel like dirt. And I was going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? And I sat up and I told him, I said, first of all, this is my life. This is something that happened before I even knew you. I just shared with you in, in the spirit of being honest. And, you know, what do you call yourself doing? But of course, I found out that this guy was projecting because he had done some things that, you know, I don't even want to go into. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's difficult because you think about that. You were like, well, if I say this, what is this person going to think about me? Or I'm supposed to be here. Or is that does that go against this box that I checked? So it is, it's very, you have to be very courageous. And I'm so glad that you say that and you tell people that because it is. And until people feel comfortable on being courageous, you cannot truly be yourself. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, uh, and I, and I feel for people who um, are in that space where they're, they're waking up to realize like, uh Oh, this isn't really probably what I would have chosen for myself. Had I, had I been a little more brave mm-hmm. and, um, and I feel for them because it is a process of, it's kind of like uh, this butterfly process where now you're going to have to cocoon and kind of come out as this beautiful butterfly. Um, so, you know, it, but, but the, but the message is that it's okay. There's no better time than now to start really. And, and even if you do it once and then you're like, nope, that didn't exactly, wasn't exactly spot on either. You can do it again. That's the beautiful thing about life. Oh, yes, absolutely. So in the midst of all of this, of, you know, writing your book and just telling people to be happy, how did you end up becoming a psychotherapist? Because you said you have a degree in journalism. How did that come along? After Teetering on Disaster published, I had a lot of women that reached out to me and were like, your story has inspired me. Um, it's changed my life. I, I feel like, um, I, you know, motivated and hopeful and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to realize, like, I, I was working at, at a Fortune 500 company at the time. And um, I started to realize that there was something else for me. And uh, that's when I went back to school to get a master's degree in psychology. Um, and I just really felt this, this calling like that I needed to be uh, working with people in a more, um, in a different way, mm-hmm. in, a, in a more inspiring way. And so that's, and that's how it came to be. That's how I became a psychotherapist. Wow. I get it. I, I had that same feeling as well, working for major corporations. And I was like, eh, yeah, this is not exactly where I see my destiny lying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. And, and, and but don't we all do that? Because that's what people told us we should do. You know, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a good job, yeah. making a yeah. salary and you stay there. And I was just going, why should I stay at a place that I'm unhappy with? And, you know, because life is not promised to us. And my thing is, if I give this company 20, 30 years of my life, who's to say that when I leave that I will have anything or life to live afterwards? So, yeah, life is too short. It's just Absolutely. It's crazy. Wow. Well, this has been really just great talking with you, but we're going to go into our questions now. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Have no fear. They're not bad. Okay. <laughs> Who or what motivates you? Um, you know, this is a pretty easy one, although I, th- I feel like these answers to these sorts of questions can change all of the time um, and can change even by the hour. But <laughs> in general, I would say my son is motivating me every day to just be a better version of myself, to show up in a way that's just a little bit better every day. Mm. What demotivates you? I, you know, I think what probably demotivates me is when I feel like I'm not having an impact and I start to feel very exhausted and burnt out um, and spent. So, you know, when I haven't taken time to really ground myself and focus on the why that I'm doing something, I can quickly become demotivated. Hmm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you? but it worked out for your good. Well, ironically, uh, with that whole teetering on disaster thing, um, my boss had come to me at the time and said, Hey, I think you'd be a really good candidate to be terminated. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he always said that it was a stop along my resume and not the final listing. Um, and he knew I was working on the book and he knew I'd probably really never leave the comfort of that job to, to take a leap of like, yeah, I'm going to be an author now. <laughs> um, and so, you know, at the time on the heels of a divorce and kind of going through everything I was going through, that felt like one more blow, like losing my mm-hmm. job. Um, but I did, I took the three months severance and I, uh, and at the time it really felt like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to make my rent? How am I, you know, I just, just everything was kind of falling apart and the garden was just a big mess. <laughs> Um, but in hindsight, that was me tilling the soil for all that was to come. Mm, I, I love that. Tilling the soil. Oh, I'm going to use that. Wow. You sound like you're a candidate for um, <laughs> to be fired. Oh, that's um, that's really nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is your fear? Um, that I would stop learning and become this jaded, like, uh, you know, person that doesn't have an open mind. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Yes, but that is the one thing in my life that I will never, ever speak publicly about. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Oh, okay. Wait. So something that I wish I'd done that I didn't do? Yes. And then that's something that I, that I had not done. So no, there's nothing that I re- No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I, f- I really feel like everything in life is what it is, you know? And I mean, yes, if I look back on things, there are definitely things that I think I could have made better choices or a different choice. And that would have had a great impact on my life. But I also think that I'm here now. And then I, I also think that that regret is a space for depression. Mm. So I guess I have to say it that way. Okay. What is your definition of success? The only definition of success is trying. Mm. And uh, the only definition of failure, if that's your next question, is not trying. <laughs> it wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, how do you recharge? Um, so many ways, hiking in nature, playing in my garden, um, sitting out on my bench and meditating as the sun is going down, um, dancing and singing and, um, just getting crazy cooking so many ways, so many ways to recharge. Okay. What are you awesome at? People tell me I'm an awesome wordsmither, so I'm going to have to go with that. (laughs) For 500, Alex. (laughs) I'll take that. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? This is a great question. And this is something I often talk with my clients about. Um, I just want, in, in hindsight, for people to say that I was, one, a loving, caring, kind human. Um, who was always up for a good laugh, loved her family ferociously, and um, was always up for an adventure. Okay. Give the listener. If I die on the way home now, you're going to have to go put that in the eulogy somewhere. Or I have it. I have it on tape. So okay, I have good. it. <laughs> Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. It's like so simple, but where your mind goes, your energy goes. So what? You know, insight is called insight because it comes from within, not from without. So where, where is your mind going? You have control over that space 100. What are you letting into it? Mm, That was good. Okay, Michaela, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, um, social media platforms, how they can purchase your book, podcast, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. I'd love for everybody to go to BU, findhappy.com, B-E-Y-O-U, findhappy.com and sign up for the e-journal, get the free happiness starter kit. And there they can find all sorts of stuff, you know, free resources, uh, links to my books and the podcast and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I thank you for taking time out of your day. This has been a fun interview. I really enjoyed everything you were saying and hopefully we'll keep in touch. All right. Thank you so much. If you like Trina Talk Podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.